Good day, fellow hoteliers, and welcome to episode 249 of the Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Pete DeMeo, and today we have an interesting question for you. Is catering to a small niche market the secret to hotel success? Well, we're about to find that out right now. But before we do, let's go ahead and kick off this show. And we're back. Was that violently loud for everybody else? Violent. I'm north, yeah, I'm getting some north and south. Uh, so, hey, we got a lot of people on our steam panel day. We have Alyssa, Jeremy, and Olivia. Hey, guys. Hey, hey. How's it going? Doing pretty good. Excited so, to be here. Yeah, so how many episodes has this been for you, Olivia? Three, two. Okay. Two, three. Uh, I'm on mute. So an old I've been talking this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've seen you talking. I know we you just, just weren't going to tell me. <laughs> well, no, because this is so. This is on audio, so people don't realize that. There's no way to tell you other than like waving my hands in the air. They're like, "Why didn't she say hello?" <laughs> I know. We all thought you were being rude. How are you though? <sighs> I'm excited for this podcast. It's going to be good. This is, a, this is the Alyssa show It is, and I picked a very fun, lighthearted topic. Uh, so if you guys are ready, I'll kick it off. No, I'm not, because I have a super important question. So this is the last episode that we're recording before the holidays. So if you're listening now, this might be before Christmas or uh, Hanukkah or whatever you choose to celebrate. So the question I have for you guys is... We were having a conversation in the office earlier. What is the ideal gift for a stocking? What, what do you expect to have in your stocking? Jeremy, do you want to go first? Because you're at the top corner of my screen. Um, usually, I'm always good with candy. Usually, more specifically, Reese's sticks. Reese's sticks? What is a yes. Reese's stick? What? It's like, <laughs> it's like a wafer. It's like those wafer kind of sounds like an old man bars, but it's covered in it is not old man <laughs> this is actually fairly not that new but kind of newer invention it's like the wafer it's like a wafer but it's covered in peanut butter and chocolate why wouldn't you just huh, like you a Kit Kat? <laughs> no there's no peanut butter in a kit kat kind of like kind of like a kit kat maybe a little bit lighter than a kit kat yeah i mean the construction of it not the taste yeah that sounds delicious yeah, the more delicious. i think about it Everyone i just don't know why you would stray from a traditional Reese's. Like there's absolutely so nothing wait a minute, wrong with things. What about the shapes, because you guys? No one said there was anything wrong with the Reese's. Just I'm on Olivia's page. Yeah. Like regular Reese's are trash at Christmas. What? I want the, the Christmas tree. If there is a seasonal tree. shape out, I want the seasonal shape. I like right. the Don't give me sharpness around. of the traditional like what is it called when it's in the mold and it comes out of the mold and it's a little sharp on top? Yeah, the little sparks. Yeah, the, the ribs, wherever they are, yeah. <laughs> Reese's, ribbed for your pleasure. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Reese's is going to come for us. Yes. All right, that's a good one, Jeremy. I'm going to add I'm adding that to my list. How about you, Olivia? What's uh, what's on your stocking wish list? I, I just, I'm a stationary girl. I like 
pens. I like a good colored marker, some sticky notes, stuff that I can use in my planner. <laughs> I love that kind of thing. Love that. If something you is want, like, scented, Christmas, that's even better. Like Christmas tree shapes, or you want to keep it so you can use a pad year round? I like to be able to use it year round, which is why sometimes I will allow Christmas themed things earlier in the year so that I can have the Christmas themed thing during Christmas, not after Christmas. Makes sense. All right. How about you, Alyssa? So this topic came up because I asked the guys in the office what they wanted in their stockings because I treat stockings as if they are gifts. Like I go a little overboard. Um, I want like good stuff in my stocking. I want some nice fluffy socks, but not like the kind in the checkout aisle. I want like nice fluffy socks and I want like good skincare and maybe like a really expensive like lip cream or something. <laughs> Jeremy's laughing because he's like, oh, this is all the stuff my wife wants too. <laughs> a really expensive ring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did. We'll have to share the link in the podcast notes, but Costco's selling a $330,000 diamond ring. It's six carats. Hopefully it's in my stocking this year. Only while supplies oh. last though. <laughs> so I hope that he went and got it in time because they were apparently worried that they were going to sell out. They made sure to mention that they only had a limited number. <laughs> My mom used to put uh, those, sorry, she's never going to listen to this, These those horrible lifesaver books in my stocking every single year. Oh, that one. And it was like yeah, a tradition. And I, and like, it was just a thing. Everyone always had one. And I don't think I've ever eaten a single one. I like a fruity lifesaver. The butterscotch? No, they were like fruity. And it's yeah. like a holiday book and you open it. Now they make them and it's with got chocolate like in them. Things. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys used to have oranges in your stockings at the with very chocolate bottom? or like a real orange? No, just a legit. No, orange. that's like a superstition. <laughs> that's like a superstition, isn't it? Yeah, it, I have no it's idea. All paganism, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. I just know I've woken up on Christmas Day when I was really young, and my grandparents would have a stock of an orange in my I'm stocking. I'm googling this. Yeah, so the Chinese believe that oranges brought joy, good luck, and ward off evil. And for years and years and years ago, that's kind of what started that tradition of putting an orange in your stocking. Did you that's ever eat cool. the orange, or did you throw it away? <clears throat> throw it at your brother. I was like, I was like six. I didn't eat it. <laughs> All right, Pete. What do you want? The good stuff. What that? do you want, Pete? Is that new? So we usually do like small stuff, but I'm a big fan of really good quality socks, but I never get them. <laughs> so if I got like a good pair of like Merlot wool socks or something like that, I would appreciate that in, in stockings. Uh, mostly we just do like maybe a, we always get a card and just, you know, like little stuff, candy, nothing too crazy. A card? Yeah. That's usually like where my wife and I put our Christmas cards each other. Do you save, do you guys save cards? Yes. Yeah, I, I do only because I'm told that I'm supposed to save cards. What do you so do with like the cards? Do you ever pull them out and read them? Jeremy, do you save them? You're a, you're a throw it in the trash kind of guy. I already know. No, not if it's something that's sentimental. I'll really? Wait, yeah. if it's a kid, a kid made a card, you keep that one. Versus well, like a Hallmark card that just says Merry Christmas. That stuff goes in the trash. I'm yeah, not going to lie. I throw everything away. Including people's Christmas cards that they paid a lot of money for. 
<laughs> I wish people just stopped paying it. They're not worth $8 to tell me Merry Christmas or whatever it might be. And the five hours me. that you had to dedicate to getting your kids together for a family photo shoot. Yeah, not to mention someone had the to shop photos. for those outfits. Yeah, the family photos that are like hundreds of dollars for a fifteen-minute session at the, like these mm-hmm. days. Yeah, where everybody hates the photos and each other by the end of it. <laughs> yeah. And then you send so, a card. Uh, and it's like we love each other so much, and we love you. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, all, all hoteliers should do that with their entire staff. Get everybody together in like matching pajamas. And a Christmas yeah. card. That's so yeah. cute. Why didn't we take a Christmas card picture? We can. We're all remote. Let's take a picture on the same screen. Yeah. Or Photoshop it. I just have one big Google Meet. And yeah. Just screenshot it. So. Well, hey, I know we're already like eight minutes in and we're talking about stockings and stuff, which is important because Christmas and the holidays are coming up. So, woohoo. But we have more important stuff to talk about, don't we, Alyssa? We do. And more importantly, is it niche or niche? Niche. Niche. Okay. We finally all agree on something. I don't know that that has ever happened. I did look it up prior to recording, and the internet says that it can be pronounced either way, and both are correct. Yep. The internet is wrong. So, so what do you have to talk about Nietzsche marketing? <laughs> so uh, this podcast came about from a pretty cool article from CoStar about driving demand by marketing to social niche groups. We'll link that article up in the podcast notes. You can check it out for yourself. Um, Overall, the article was pretty thin, but what they're saying is that group travel has bounced back post-COVID, and the article really reinforces the notion, noting that bachelor, bachelorette parties, seniors, couples, destination weddings, and family reunions, um, groups that may not have seen each other during those worst days of the pandemic, want to really reconnect in a big way. Um, so if you couple this with the growing trend of experiential travel, niche marketing emerges. We've talked about experiential travel on you know, the past several podcasts, uh, in some of our recent blog posts, and in our recent webinar. So if you guys haven't uh, been following along, check some of those uh, channels out. We, we, we really dive in there. Um, but let's define niche marketing. Niche marketing is is channeling all marketing efforts toward one well-defined segment of the population. So while it necessarily isn't a new concept, marketers have traditionally gone after volume versus catering to this underserved population. Um, and the article mentions tailoring online advertising and social media channels to reach specific demographics, more of like a, uh, if you build it, they will come type of uh concept. But if you're struggling, you can lean into the effort and just really just get creative. Um, So some questions to ask yourself, what does your property have to offer? Or what can you do to cater to a specific audience? Um, You know, is it something that it it, do you have a water slide that you can really cater to uh, families for like families with young kids? Um, What does your typical guest look like? Uh, You know, are they older? Are they affluent? Um, are they families on a budget? Um, look at the data and, and figure it out. What does your area have to offer? Are you located right near um, something super cool or something super unique that really drives visitors to the area? Um, and what demographic or group can you realistically generate demand for there? 
Uh, and how do you make the experience memorable, memorable, fun, and or funny, romantic, or immersive? Um, just thinking back to that experience aspect. So when you consider an example, let's let's talk about Disney. Disney's been doing this for years with art of animation, all-star movies, all-star sports. Um, each of their hotels uh, surrounding their parks are themed resorts that are are literally micro vacations by themselves. So you're spending a little bit more money, but if you need to maybe not go to the park one day, you can still have a little mini vacation uh, with your family. Um, so they've mastered that art of experience. So obviously Disney has a huge budget and that isn't attainable for these independent hotels that we we you know, like to help on our side. Um, so I asked the team for some examples of properties that do this well on a larger scale. So it might be a themed property like a, like a Disney um, hotel or just, you know, if you're marketing to a specific group with a single room or maybe it's a themed restaurant that's inside of your hotel. It doesn't necessarily have to translate back to the room or the accommodation, but maybe it's just something that you have to offer on property. Um, so we have Jeremy first, um, and some of these examples are pretty fun. I peeked ahead. So Jeremy, who do you think is doing a good job at niche marketing? Yeah. Um, so my first example is Great Wolf Lodge, and I don't think that they really need much of an introduction. They're fairly well known. They're basically a flagship. They have multiple properties across the U.S. So, um, <clears throat> you know, they they know what they're doing. And so essentially what Great Wolf Lodge does, and I think we all know, like they're a very family oriented property. They have like indoor water parks and indoor activities for kids and things like that and families. Um, but they go beyond that from just having the amenities that will appeal to families, but they also have um, actually themed suites or themed rooms um, on the property. Um, so something like a room that's kind of normal, like you have like a half and half in the room where one side is kind of normal for the parents, just, you know, your typical traditional room. Um, and then the other half is themed to like a, a cabin, a cabin for kids. It's got like the, uh, the wood art and everything. And they have bunk beds. Um, I, there's another one too. That's like a, like a cave where um, an animal would live. So you just send your kids in there because they're animals too, probably. <laughs> and so it's it all like adds to the experience and to the fun. And you know, kids, if you have a family and you're and you see something like that, and children are going to remember that. They're going to be thrilled to see something like that. It's fun. It's a it's a fun little memory for the kids, um, and for the family as a whole because you know that you're going to probably be walking away pretty happy with an experience like that. And you know, I think that those those sweets are just like a little like the cherry on top in terms of, you know, what Great Wolf Lodge does. Mm -hmm. and yeah, my one knock yeah, I mean, on they... Great Wolf Lodge is that it is extremely expensive. And obviously you get what you pay for. It is a, it, it's a really cool experience. You know, when we talk about experiential travel, it's something the kids are going to remember. But oh my gosh, is it expensive? <laughs> it is. But are you, I think, and yeah, I think you hit it on the head there where it is actually the experience because a lot of times people will go, to Great Wolf Lodge for <clears throat> not necessarily a full vacation, but I see a lot of people, at least in our area, will go for like a two-day getaway. And they just stay at the property. 
And, and that's the thing. It's, you know, it's, it's a winter water park, which is awesome. Yeah. And they know but, it and they capitalize on it. So then they can charge more and increase that ancillary revenue everywhere else across the property. People aren't leaving. So we can charge more for food. <laughs> You're trapped in Great Wolf Lodge. <laughs> and I think the one thing that Great Wolf does, and really everybody on this list, is they lean into the experience that they're trying to create. You know, there's a lot of people out there who have, you know, oh, it's a beach themed room and it's got like, you know, driftwood on the wall, nothing special. The people that we're talking about today are the ones who say, I'm going after literally the market for, you know, families who want to enjoy an indoor water park and go all in on that and make it an immersive experience versus somebody who says, oh, look, we have a theme room or we lightly tie the theme to the area that we're at. Uh, I think if you do want to get into niche, to a niche market, I'm really not niche marketing, but a niche product, you have to make sure you're able to wow the people who are the super fans of whatever that product might be. Yeah. And it, you, you, I want to touch on this one more time because we kind of skimmed over it in the beginning, but exactly what you just said, it's an underserved population. So most hotels are, are literally going after people who, you know, need a place to stay or want just to go on vacation. Uh, but this, these underserved populations, they're endless. There's so many of them, uh, whether it's a movie fan or a decade or whatever it might be, as long as you're creative and you really do lean into it, it can work. Mm-hmm. All right, Jeremy, what's your next one? Yeah, so my next example is actually from the article that you referenced, Alyssa, but I thought it was really cool. Um, it's called The Curtis. It's located in Denver, Colorado. Um, <clears throat> they offer what they call hyper-themed rooms, which I really think leans into the niche marketing. Um, so these rooms, they have a handful of them and essentially what they do, they take inspiration from different topics or subjects. Um, a lot of them are pop culture. Like there's a room that's catered to horror and ghostbusters. I think it's actually located on their 13th floor. I'm at the hotel. So that's pretty cool. Um, video games, uh, and Star Trek was another one where it's just really all space themed and you have Spock looking over you while you sleep. There's air aesthetics like decades. Um, they have a room that's uh, uh, it's inspired by 70s disco. So there's like a disco ball and a bunch of type of stuff that you would see from the 70s. And there's some other ones that are really kind of out there. Like there's a room that's based off of knock knock jokes. It's just a room full of weird, funny, <laughs> wacky stuff. Like there's you, you can never get room service there. Hey, call that room the dad room. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. The dad joke room, yeah. yeah. There's a safe in there yeah, for I your mean... finger guns. <laughs> <laughs> I like yeah, that I... one so much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think both of these properties, super, like we've said, they lean into the niche marketing. They lean into a certain, they cater to a certain type of person that's looking or a fan of or an, has an interest in some type of, you know, whatever it is, theme or and topic. Even and if you're really... not, like, even if you aren't the person that was targeted and maybe made the booking, maybe if you're just tagging along, like, who doesn't like a good theme and to have fun? And I'm going to put you on the spot, Olivia, but I feel like you mentioned this in a recent podcast, or maybe it was on the webinar. Um, but we kind of talked about, like, finding our inner child 
Did you talk about yeah. that? Yeah. I mentioned, <laughs> I think we were talking about travel trends and I had mentioned something that you talked about at the start of this podcast, which is that those groups that didn't really get to connect over the worst days of the pandemic are starting to come back to each other and they want to do something big. So in the year of the Barbie movie, there are going to be some girls trips going on so that girls can go be girls together. And there are so many gorgeous places to do that. And I mean, what better place to have that kind of experience than at a place that literally caters to you doing that? You know, these places that are leaning into that marketing, they're doing it right. All right. So who was next? Olivia, you're next. So you can just jump into your examples. Um, so my first example is actually the Roxbury Hotel in the Catskills up in New York. Um, they've got movie and TV themed rooms and they have suites and cottages as well. My favorite one that they have is called Samantha's Cloud. And it is a suite that is actually modeled after the scenes in the series Bewitched when Samantha went up into the clouds to meet with her mom or with another important character. And they would sit up there and chit chat and just hang their legs and swing off a cloud. Um, Very, (laughs) very whimsical. Um, They also have a black and white themed room with some Tiffany blue accents. That's a Holly Golightly, Golightly a go-go themed um, suite. And then another, which is Fred's Suite, themed after the Flintstones. They've got exposed, like, pebble, like, river rock in the shower, um, and a bunch of other, like, various themed things in there. They go really hard with the themes, just like what Alyssa was talking about. When you say, this is a Fred Flintstone-themed room, or this is a Breakfast at Tiffany's-themed suite, you would know that without someone telling you. It is very obvious. You're not having to look for small details that match from the film or anything like that. It is in your face that these are the items. <laughs> these are the themes. And it's great. And I think if you're going to do that, because I'm looking at the Curtis site now, and they have their final frontier theme room, which is Star Trek. And I don't feel like they did a really good job with it. Because if you were like a Trekkie, I feel like there's things that they could have done so much better. So they have a mural on the wall and they've got like a few little like, you know, sayings like live long and prosper, but they didn't go all in, you know, that should look like, you know, the drinkware, the, the furnishings, everything should be based on Star Trek there. Not just a few things that they do to make it look, okay, this seems like a Star Trek room. You know, make it look really, really, really good. Do you know what's crazy is that I was actually going to mention that I think that Trekkies are a different breed and that it is hard to <laughs> to please them yeah. when they lean so deep into the franchise themselves. If you're are a you Trekkie, Trekkie, are you even are you even traveling? <laughs> are you going anywhere? Sorry. No, no, so they're I'm, exploring you know, the, final the final frontier. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I get that, you know, it, you know, Trekkies, and that's why I bring this up is because, like, Trekkies are like, yeah, oh, they'd no, be like, that, no. Yeah. How come you have a phaser from Deep Space Nine and you have the theme from the original? They're going to have all kinds of problems like that. So I think you'd be super careful that <laughs> you know, if it's a theme room that you really, okay, it is going to be on that theme. Maybe people, 
I wonder if when you're starting to get into marketing like this, if there's, of course there is value in it. I'm not sure if that's the way to say it, but what to do, maybe do you consult an expert in the space? Like, do you you go to somebody who watches breakfast at Tiffany's once a week and say, Hey girl, um, how can I make this themed room correct? Or do you go to somebody who really loves ghost hunters and you mm-hmm. do, you know, like sit down with them. Like, where do you start with something this niche? Do you start with like an expert in the space? Like, what do you do? Well, I think that goes to the authenticity of it. You know, if you are somebody who absolutely loves breakfast at Tiffany's, let's say, uh, maybe you don't need to create a hotel that's all about Star Trek. You know, if you're not passionate about that thing, I think that's going to come through. And if, if you are passionate about it, build that into your, your plans. If you feel like there's a market for a Trekkie hotel and you're not that, you kind of need to bring in an expert to make sure that you're giving them. I mean, vacations are all about the experience and what you take away from that in terms of memories and whatnot. And I think if you phone it in and you say, oh, I'm a Star Trek themed property and all you have is a picture of Star Trek. Uh, I think you missed missed the mark on it. He is a trick. But even yeah. <laughs> even if you back up just a little bit, like how do you decide on what the theme's going to be before you master the theme? You know, like are you is that like why is that room Star Trek? Was that movie was part of the movie filmed there or um, what's one? Jeremy helped me out in Wilmington. Uh, they they have filmed a lot of TV shows oh, and movies yeah. in Wilmington um, or, you know, that area of North Carolina. Um, so is something like, and, and people travel there to like see the Yeah, price. the One or Tree crazy. Hill yeah. market there in Wilmington is still so huge. So huge. There's still conventions every year. The I know that Sophia Bush and um, Hillary Burton, who were Peyton and Haley, were in Wilmington at the location that used to be Trick, the nightclub in the show. They were there doing tours and hanging out like a couple weekends ago. They're still around. It's yeah, crazy. It's, it's so, and then, you know, it also can stem from just your own passion. So if you're an independent hotelier, um, we can talk more about it when I get to my example. But if you have a passion for something, just lean into it if it's you know right something well i'll just tell you my example so the red caboose uh motel it's local in lancaster pa local to me um but it's accommodations and old train cars so and there's actually a train museum there so and, and there's a very old rail car um several different train stations that do like themed rides but like playing on that theme and also being passionate about trains somebody opened up this motel revamped the inside of old train cars like quite literally when you google this it's crazy i'm like that's a really cool concept so then i kind of looked into it for the kids like i'm not gonna do it (laughs) it's so tiny it's literally a train car (laughs) so your example is very similar to mine was mine is uh years ago we worked with uh choo choo which is a chattanooga choo choo location they have a hotel, which is called the Hotel Chalet, which is a bunch of you know sleeper cars from 
when sleeper cars were a thing, you know, years and years ago, and they're perfectly redone. Everything is period correct. And, you know, just like with Red Caboose, they leaned into it and, you know, okay. So you think Star Trek people are weird? <laughs> Train people are definitely weird. Well, they're called foamers. Oh, okay. Did you know no. <laughs> yeah. So they're called foamers and that's what the train people call them because they foam at the mouth anytime they see like a <laughs> rare train. So yeah, foamers are very serious about so their, their trains. I, I have, it sits home for me. I grew up with a five, Cause you're a foamer, a five you? car garage. Above that five car garage is a, think of how big a five car garage is. Above that is an entire space filled with like Lionel trains. <laughs> My stepdad is a foamer. I'm going to call him that. Yeah. So he'll know what it is. <laughs> That's good. Olivia, did you cover both examples or did we interrupt you? Um, no, I did not Wes cover Anderson. both examples. Yes, I have yeah. one more just to get into another little niche there. Um, there is an Airbnb in Portland, Oregon, because where else would this kind of Airbnb be located? Um, that is a Wes Anderson inspired apartment. Um, it's got that kind of whimsical decor, the mid-century modern type craftsmanship that just really calls to the feel of a Wes Anderson film. I hate that I've just done film like that, but we talked about it just before the podcast started. And I don't know if you guys are into theater or whatever, but if you call Wes Anderson movies or do you call them films i feel like i always call them films but i'll call anything else a movie i don't know <laughs> why i do that but i don't have an opinion on that at all i do i feel like yeah. film typically follows wes anderson right yeah that's not a movie it's a film <laughs> but i don't really feel that way about anything else um but yeah so just a uh, portland portland airbnb doing that really well um, definitely gives you the feel of that kind of fantastic Mr. Fox, Royal Tannenbaums type, um, the whimsy, the decor, all ties in. On the topic of Portland, I'm hoping, hoping Olivia can back me up on this. I I'll would try. pay really good money to stay in that uh, Twilight house. You can. <laughs> you can? Yeah, girl. Stop. Why wasn't that one of our examples? Oh, I don't know. I found out as soon as it as it was able that you could you could stay there. <laughs> yeah, because I thought we had dive uh, the dive motel on here as well at one point. Uh, I took it out. Taken off our list. Oh, I'm sorry. It was in my list of examples, and I had too many. So it's the best place in the world. I, I feel one. like they've done. <laughs> you What's cover that? that one. All right. So this is gonna be my my other example since you took my phone. <laughs> Uh, so the dive bar, that's how you call it dive bar. The dive motel is awesome. It is, they completely leaned into the seventies and everything about the property is locked into the mid 1970s. So everything from the wood panel on the wall to disco balls, to in-room jacuzzis, all kinds of just stuff. Color scheme is all perfectly done. You in the seventies theme. Uh, so this property is outside of Nashville and everything they do is perfect there. Even the room key cart keys, they have like the old school, like diamond little key fob thing that I have one of those know, on my keys, the little like triangular or diamond shaped. Yeah. The, like super old school yeah. hotel key. 
but you know, in addition to that, they have <clears throat> a, a pool that the public can access for, for a fee. They have a bar. They have a ton of events. And everything at the property is specifically for you know, people who are super into the, the 1970s type theme. Uh, and honestly, they, they couldn't do a better job with it. So I, I think here's a good example of lean into it. I would assume that the owner of the property is, you know, big, I don't know what they call it, 1970s head people, but you know, a big fan of that era and has done an amazing job from marketing, the room decor, staff, everything. They just, they hit it out of the park. Okay, so I did some Googling while you were talking, and I was referring to the glass house that the Cullens lived in. Oh, the Cullen house. So I guess I feel like that's I don't think private residence. I think you're right, and he is like uh, a little bit of a curmudgeon. (laughs) But you can stay in Bella's house. Yes, and it is still set up like Bella's house. Yeah, I don't know that I would find joy in this. And I was a the cutouts are a little scary. So oh, here's I the thing: the it, it came with me to the office, the fuel, and then travel boom. It was Edward Cullen, and he literally—it was Edward. Edward. Okay. Clearly, we're team okay. Edward. Yeah. And, and our theory is Jan got rid of it. Possibly, I don't know if it was him, but it, someone at the office. Yeah. It disappeared one day. We, we re- because we, uh, go ahead. Yeah, everyone kept moving it to to. But scare he lasted almost ten years. I'm not gonna yeah. lie, and we redressed yeah, him, him as Steve Harvey. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think the cool thing is like because you guys are talking about this Bella's house, and I was never like into what movie is that from again? Twilight. Twilight. You know, so, you know, Pete. You know, no, so, you have a, teen girls. Oh, yeah, because I'm not a, a 15 year old girl. I'm not really you into ha- it. But, you uh, have neither am I. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, but, but the thing is, like, so am I interested in going to that? No, not really. I mean, if I stay there, I'm like, okay, there's this cutout in the corner. But if your kids but were like, it. we have to go, it would like, well, would that, it that's still the whole be cool point for you. Yeah, but that's the whole point of finding that niche and really being a big part into it and, and leaning into it and being part of that community. Cause there's enough people that if let's say you're a small property and we look at the dive hotel, it's not a big property. You just need to make sure you have enough of a niche that you can fill up 20, 30 rooms, wherever you might have on any given night. If you can do that, then you don't need that whole big ecosystem of all travelers. You just want those few ultra yeah, and ones. you're going to have a marketing budget no matter what, whether you're marketing to a, a niche audience or not. So the investment is really just the upfront cost of whatever unique decor or theme or mm-hmm. uh, item that you install or you know whatever it might be. It's really the cost here. Yeah. So, so my other example was the Lighthouse Oceanfront Resort in Washington State. So we've actually been been talking with with these folks, and they're super cool people. Their niche is a little bit different. They have six indoor pickleball courts, and it's super cool. They've uh, you know kind of created an environment where they have locals in the area come and play because it's indoors. So they have you know instructions, they have leagues, they have all kinds of stuff in there that is pulling in the local community. 
which are great, again, is, is awesome. But then also if you're traveling and you see that this is an option, it's going to make you say, hey, I'm going to go to the Washington coast. And if I'm going to be there, I, I want to stay at this property because, you know, they're speaking my language. They, they're pickleball people. I don't know what pickleball people are called, but that's who they are. So pickleball I think that's cool. You know, so that's, that's called actually, passionate. <laughs> yes, they're very passionate. I think that's why it makes it a good niche market to go after. For sure. Their rooms aren't de- dedicated or decorated like, you know, pickleball right. or anything like that. But they, okay, they're going after a certain audience and they're doing a really good job leaning into it. They call them picklers. <laughs> Just looked it up. Picklers. So I had one last example to wrap up our list of, of fun examples. And it was another one that's kind of local to me in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Um, the Cartoon Network Hotel. So a hotel entirely themed around Cartoon Network uh, and its most popular television shows. So the whole hotel, um, it's pretty cool. Bright colors uh, decked out with some popular shows. And then they have specialized suites. So they take it a step further. Um, if you guys were familiar with the Powerpuff Girls, I was never really allowed to watch Cartoon Network, but I know, know like my sister was super into Powerpuff Girls and uh, it's like just very nostalgic and you can go and, and rent this entire Powerpuff Girls suite. It's all decorated um, with these little dolls. It's weird, but <laughs> there's an audience for it, you know, and they're still featuring shows that I think can be watched. So kids that are, are visiting are, you know, it's an experience for them. Um, but if you want to see more examples like this or look for inspiration, see what other people are doing, doing well, or if you can do it better, there are a ton of articles out there. We can list a few in the podcast notes that highlight just themed hotel rooms across the U S or across the world. Um, if you want to get more specific themed Airbnbs, um, yeah, do, do some research, uh, look at the data, your own data and see how you can kind of capitalize on some of these markets. Um, yeah. and Go ahead. We, we've said it so many times, but you have to be authentic. And in my notes, I specifically say, don't don't go at it half-ass. You really have to <laughs> go whole-ass. Whole-ass. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so the people that you're talking to, you know, the Star Trek examples, they're going to call you out in a heartbeat if you're doing something that is not in the proper canon of the series. Man. You know, don't go putting Luke, Luke we Skywalker in the corner. Via their contact form? Let them know they're pissing off Trekkies? So I'm not a Trekkie, <laughs> but I feel like they would be, personally. Well, if there are any listening today, then they'll find those links, and I think they'll probably take care of it for us. I don't think we'll have to reach out, I think. Hopefully they have Google alerts of of mentions. (laughs) But just wrapping some things up, um, what can you do? Like, how can you take the next step to take advantage of niche marketing? Uh, Can you play into current trends or pop culture? Olivia mentioned Barbie and kind of, you know, reconnecting with your inner child there's a barbie airbnb so someone decked out their house and kind of you know they're renting it out and and they're really leaning into it um one that i always love is the hello kitty hotel probably will never get there in this lifetime um but i would just die if i if i did uh can you play into uh, a specific theme is there a holiday that you want to capitalize on i've seen some rooms that are just totally decked out for christmas 
Um, and then other resorts kind of just go over the top to make that holiday experience very special for visitors. Is your property haunted? We have some clients with uh, haunted rooms or haunted floors or entire properties that, you know, they have history and they kind of capitalize on that. Um, and then once you have a, a product that you've mastered, holas, <laughs> how do you get the word out? Um, you know, are you sharing it on social and are your guests sharing it on social? If it's good, they're going to share it. Um, Olivia mm -hmm. talked recently about, you know, having something, having, having a hotel, you know, a spot at your hotel that's worth sharing on social. And that's what people are looking for now. They're looking, they're going for the gram. Um, and, you know, mm -hmm. do your keyword research. Uh, look at options for paid ads and optimization on site. Uh, if there's no demand for the, the granular niche that you're going after, you maybe reconsider. Um, mm -hmm. there's, you know, there's, there's a fine line of, of being too specific, but having some volume there. Yeah. And I think from a social play, if you have a themed hotel, Olivia, you talk about all the time is making sure the voice of your property is being conveyed through your social voice. This is where you can really have some fun because you need to get into those groups, you know? So again, if you are a Trekkie hotel or your Powerpuff Girl hotel, get into those groups on Facebook, on Instagram, <clears throat> wherever else it might be and lean into it, you know, be part of that community because those are the people that are going to travel. And if they're going to be in your area and you've formed that relationship with them on any social platform, you're going to be the first person that they look for. They're not even going to bother looking at, you know, Expedia or other prop uh, OTAs. They're going to say, Oh no, you know, I'm here. That's where the Powerpuff Girl Hotel is. I'm staying there. Mm -hmm. Period. And they'll yeah, tell and then, their friends. <laughs> and you can consider alternatives too. If this is too daunting of a task, uh, if you can't it, can't renovate, maybe you, you aren't allowed to renovate. You can also consider offering niche packages. Um, so, an example, we've seen a lot of of bachelor bachelorette parties, girl trips. We've talked about, um, or you know, and I use this as like this was a kid's birthday party experience that I just recently had, but you could spin it in the hotel sense where, okay, here's a room that we're offering you. We, we don't have anything special at our property and there's nothing cool that we can highlight, but can we offer you a package where it's a theme? So like, let's do a Barbie themed bachelorette party. We'll have everything here for you. So if you fly to us, you don't have to pack it in your suitcase. Let's get everyone a sash. Let's get everyone a boa. Let's get everyone a bottle of champagne, you know, whatever it might be. Just make it special. Let's decorate the room for you before you arrive so that you don't have to come do it. That's huge because there's always some mm -hmm. super stressed out maid of honor. Yeah, and then everyone's sacrificing like, like two of her good outfits <laughs> to bring the freaking penis sasses. And then like <laughs> she couldn't even bring her favorite pair of shoes because she had to bring a bunch of blow up rings. Yeah, to throw around the hotel room. Now two of these girls or are fighting. Like everyone no one wants to be in a wedding anymore. It all up when you get there. Yeah, instead, yeah, someone's passed out on the floor. You're like, is she drunk? <laughs> no, she was blowing up the rings. Like, <laughs> so nice to have another female on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you guys what's really going on at the bachelorette parties. You guys are so yeah. worried that we're you know doing nefarious things we're all laid out on the ground because we passed out trying to decorate decorate yeah 
Did it for the gram. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but it looked great on our Instagram stories, and that yeah. is what matters. Did you have fun? No. Yeah. Does it look no. like you had fun? Yes. Perfect. That's all that matters. Can't wait for the wedding, girl. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah. But that's all we had. You know, be yeah. you, be authentic, and really lean into it any way you can. It's getting, you yeah. know, harder and harder to attract guests and the market. You know, there are hotels everywhere. So how can you? How can you stand out? Yeah. And if, if you guys have some ideas that we didn't think about, or you have some tips of how you became a, you know, a great niche hotel, share it with us, you know, just either hitting us up at your know, podcast at travelboommarketing.com or better yet, go to LinkedIn and share it with us there at slash company slash travelboommarketing. We'd love to get that conversation going there. And I think it would be really good for, for the community. But if you want more information about kind of what we talked about, you want the show notes and all that other good stuff, all you have to do is go to travelboommarketing.com slash podcast, click on old number episode 249, and everything will be there with links to all these cool properties waiting for you. Uh, that's all I have. Do you guys have any parting words of wisdom for the hoteliers out there that are listening to us still and haven't given up? Just happy holidays, everyone. Hopefully you oh, get yeah. some yeah, holidays. socks in your stocking and <laughs> yeah, no toothbrushes. Yeah. Nobody wants the no, right shaped candy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get get seasonal candy. No toothbrushes. Uh, flashlights are phenomenal gifts and batteries. Uh, and put, put yes, don't in forget there. the batteries. 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 Yes, batteries. Out there. I just went, even I, if you didn't buy anything with batteries in it, buy someone some batteries because someone always yeah, needs batteries. We got packs and packs of batteries from Costco just for all the kid toys. Yeah, we're yeah. expecting. So there you go. Get a. Hopefully, this has made you a better hotelier and a better stocking stuffer. Get your batteries, and we'll be back. Actually, we won't be back next week because it is the holidays. But we'll be back at the the next week for more hotel marketing tips and tricks. With that being said, this has been Travel Boom Marketing, and we are out. Uh-huh.